0: Hey, it's Greg Buchanan. Hey, it's Kurt Price. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I back on your map. Hey, what's wrong with that? We love where we are. There's not much around. It's barely a town. But a lot goes down at dark. It's Friday night, let's run off the rails
1: Yeah, hell yeah! Welcome to Hump Day, folks. Welcome to Wednesday. Today I got a, you know, I got a good one here. Uh, a couple of local uh, radio boys on the on the cast having a couple of laughs. Keep it pretty light for you. So, before I get to that, I just wanna, you know, I've been saying it every podcast here for about the last two weeks. If you want to get your business info on the podcast for free, look me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter until this COVID nineteen situation is over. Let's, uh, let's just try and support everybody, and if you need to get a message out there, you know whether it's uh, office hours, curbside pickup, you name it, just uh, hit me up, and we'll get you hooked up on the podcast, Right. So first off, Colin Ringette with CR Sales and Marketing. would like to tell everybody to be safe, and if you're a business owner that needs representation after the virus, contact Colin at 780-871-1417, uh, Kenny Rutherford, Rutherford Appraisal Group, home of the podcast. Kenny's been uh, been awesome here to me. Um, he's allowed me to set up shop in his office. So, in these difficult times, if you're in need of any appraisal for bank load to, uh, to set a fair purchase price, whether you're buying or selling, and that can be any type of real estate shops, homes, farms, cabins, restaurants, you name it give Kenny the call 306 307 1732. Uh, Another guy who's been instrumental in the podcast, Carly Kloss and his team over at Windsor Plywood, built the table that I'm missing dearly right now. Uh, They're still open for regular hours. If you can uh, call ahead, they're trying to help with the physical distancing. They're able to set material out front for curbside pickup, also offering in-town deliveries for free during this tough time. Corey Dubick in Midwest Flooring telling you to shop uh, local. They're open regular hours, call, stop in, or shop online. Lori LaBerge, Abbey Road Flowers and Gifts. They're temporary closed to walk-ins. However, they are offering curbside pickup and free delivery within Lloydminster City Limits. I'm happy to report that I uh, gave her a call and she delivered some uh, flowers to my wife for Easter. And her current hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 780-875-2211. Grid Athletics and Wandering Wild. They uh, both have deals going on where if you spend $100, uh, you get $25 back in gift cards to a local business. So look them up on social media. All the details are there, but it is a great uh, thing you guys can support. The boys over at Factory Sports, Taylor Holt, Nathan Mullet, they also want want everybody to know to support local. It's been uh, a bit of a tough time for everybody, so their uh, front door ain't open, but if you give them a call, um, they're... Essentially, just waiting around to get you what you need. Uh, they got uh, tons of bikes available. You can hear the dogs in the background. Somebody's out for a walk. Maybe they're out for a bike ride. Check out uh, Factory Sports on Instagram, Factory Sports Bikes. They got pictures up of all the bikes that they're selling. Uh, or give them a call, 306-825-7678. Finally, Malcolm Ragkey, Lloyd mister Regional Health Foundation. If you're wanting to help out, they're continuing to purchase a few things and you can support by donating to the local COVID emergency fund through lrhf.ca backslash donate. One shout out for uh, the past week. I uh, gotta give it out to Trevor Redden. He said uh, talking about Gord Thibodeau, who was, I guess, only a couple episodes or a couple days ago, I shouldn't say a couple episodes, Monday. He said, he's a very articulate, intelligent man. It sounds like time away has really given him some perspective too. He was a great listen. Trevor Redden obviously was, uh, Ooh, dropping things. Trevor Redden was uh, also a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago. He is the voice of the PA Raiders. If you haven't listened to that episode in particular, uh, Trevor was a fun, fun talk. If you haven't listened to Mondays with Gord Thibodeau, I've been doing a little bit of a, a story arc somehow. I'd had uh, Lucas Bench and then Lyndon Springer on, and them two guys have been traded by Gord Thibodeau. And then, you know, we talked about it then. And then Chris Weeb, who was an assistant coach at the time, we talked about it again. And with Gord Thibodeau, we kind of finish off that. So if you were interested in that storyline, go back to Gord Thibodeau. We do talk a little bit of Bobcats in there in the Royal Bank Cup year. Um, now, for today it was a little bit of fun I had obviously Greg Buchanan and Kurt Price in in uh the uh, kind of first round table via zoom so we had a little bit of fun we uh talked you know sports a little bit of lloyd <laughs> a few chuckles in the middle of it for sure i think you guys are going to enjoy this one so sit back relax and uh without further ado Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast for the second time because I forgot to record the first time. I'm joined tonight by Kurt Price and Greg Buchanan, your fearless team that brought you the Tuesday night sports show from the Canadian Brew House where they argued sports over countless pints, ribs, you name it. I got to see it firsthand several yeah. times. So thanks, boys, for joining me tonight. Well, you're
0: welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Now, um, Bucky was like, like guest number four on here, guest number five, like that, somewhere way back, and I hadn't got around to Price yet. So maybe you guys could just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself uh, before we get going. Pricey, we'll start, you go. Yeah, we'll start with you, Pricey.
0: Okay, sure. I moved to uh, Lloyd in 1991, uh, went to radio school in 2000, ended up at CKSA Radio, where I was there until recently when I was uh, let go about uh, two weeks ago. Uh, over this uh, COVID thing on a layoff. So uh, uh, I have been like you guys stuck inside for the most part. I've been doing a little bit of FaceTime. I have the new Lloyd Minster Nissan to, uh, to just kind of pass some time and also fill in the community on what's happening. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, I know that's where a lot of people are at just you know a little bit scared about the future, a little bit worried about what's, what's going to happen when this does end for yeah, myself yeah yeah um, we don't know yeah i was don't
1: know just when gonna, it's gonna i was just gonna say that it, that's probably the hardest thing about right now is nobody can tell when it's gonna end there's no like hey in months time in two months time and six months time here's the date we get past there and everything goes back to normal it almost feels like nothing's ever gonna go back to normal but uh say a couple words there bucky and we'll get going here
2: Okay, but first of all, the background I have, since I've been doing these Zoom meetings, get creative, so you can get these virtual backgrounds. That's the right field bleachers at Wrigley Field. So I'm not going to get to Wrigley this summer, likely not. So this is as close as I'm going to get to Wrigley Field. Uh, I, I graduated high school in as Kurt Price would probably know, in 1954. um, Went into broadcasting in 58, and have been on airwaves across Saskatchewan Alberta since the 60s. No, I arrived in 89, uh, and kind of left broadcasting, came back, and uh, involved in the CPCA, involved in a few different things here in town, and uh, love the city, love the people. Um, And this is tough, and and it's tough for everybody. And um, people are sitting at home working, Uh, And there's people like Kurt that uh, got laid off, and and they're dealing with that right now. And there's there's a lot of people like that. And uh, it's kind of in a way you've seen a lot of goodness of people too. Uh, Today I was at the Lloyd X. I'm a board member there. We had curbside assistance for people ordering Easter meals uh, through the grill there. We served up 400 Easter meals today. Took them out to the vehicles in the parking lot so there's neat things like that that's happening and uh, there's a lot of good bad that's happening right now because people are just you know patiently waiting to see when the green light will come out and everybody will go back to to normal but we don't know when normal will ever be so uh, right now we're we the thing is you're learning what zoom is right now
1: yeah no kidding uh, it's easter sunday how is everybody's easter or easter weekend well, it's been pretty
0: quiet. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys, well, you've got kids, Sean, so you probably wasn't that quiet. It was probably almost normal around the house until it came time to go out and have some supper, right? Uh, my sister-in-law made a fantastic ham, and so <laughs> all I had to go do was go over and pick it up. It's sitting in the driveway waiting for me, and, and there it is to uh, come back and enjoy. So it was uh, it was really, really, really good. And then I sent a picture of her at the empty dish, and she said, that was supposed to last you for four days. I, said, yeah,
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped lunch
0: because <laughs> I knew the ham was coming. So. Well,
1: uh, having the Easter egg hunt here and giving uh, three, well, not three, two of the three kids chocolate and candy before oh, 9 a.m. this morning, everyone <laughs> can imagine what my day was like. Um, a lot of screaming, yelling, but it's quiet now. It's quiet and it's beautiful. We took a walk. You know, you talk about picking food up in the, off the front porch. We walked, uh, my brother lives a block and a half from us and we do this thing every second day where we walk over there and they talk to us through the window. That's become the new norm and the kids get it. They got young kids like us and they sit there and talk and yeah, when they're not sick again, we'll go in and visit. Like, it's just a very strange time to be alive i'm actually kind of happy they're young enough where they don't fully understand what's going on but yeah, yeah easter yeah, easter's exactly. been a little interesting
0: yeah i know my my niece was talking to my my mom like talking to her grandma the other day and asked do you guys have the virus there too grandma so they know <laughs> what it is they don't exactly understand what it is but they understand you can't you can't hug and kiss grandma you can't see grandma right now
1: that's right. which is the most
0: painful thing for all of us right now is everybody wants to get through this together. And we will get through this together, but you get through this together, yet separate, yet doing the things like we're doing right now.
1: That's right. How about you, Buck?
0: I I think more than anything right now, I think you get to,
2: when we get through all this, and and again, we don't know when that's going to be, you're going to appreciate all those little things that you take for granted on a given day. And and you take for granted just just seeing people and talking to people. I'm a I'm a people person, and for to be told to stay inside and and, and try not to socialize and do your social distancing. That's difficult, and uh, y- you learn to appreciate that now. Uh, of those little things, and because when it does get normal again, it's going to be very nice.
0: Well, and to put that into perspective, Bucky is someone who has ADHD anyway, so. <laughs> So imagine trying to keep him in the house.
2: Yeah. I, I, if, if anybody knows me at work, I, I'm walking from department to department to department. And, and honestly, not really getting too much accomplished Sorry to the, the bosses listening in. But uh, I, I go from department to department and and, and socialize. And, and now to be sitting in a house and you know what? Um, if COVID-19 doesn't get me, I think my wife will.
0: So...
1: I was just thinking. I can attest to that. Him,
0: him going from department to department. There's many times, Sean, where I would be working with my head down, you know, trying to get things done, and door closed on the office to kind of, you know, concentrate on stuff. And then the next thing you know, the door opens and Bucky comes in and he stands there. It doesn't really say anything. He just stands there and looks at you and makes something up, like, "Oh, did you see that game last night?" And then leaves. And then about 20 seconds later, you'll smell the fart. <laughs>
1: I was thinking, you know, a, a guy I don't want to be locked up with is probably Mr. Buchanan. Although, if you two got locked up together, put TV crew in there with you, it'd make for some entertaining times right now.
2: You know, I, I would wake up with a pillow on my face. I would be falling asleep, and then it would be five in the morning, and I'd go, Kurt, what are you doing? And there'll be a pillow on top of my face.
1: <laughs> that'd be good TV, though, too, Buck. <laughs> that, that'd be an like- awfully big pillow.
2: I, I think we would beat Tiger King for ratings.
1: Have you been watching Tiger King?
2: No, I haven't got into it yet.
1: Neither
0: of you? No, no. no sorry. No, no, I can't. I just just watching some of it and watching the, some of the comments on social media, I'm like, I don't think that's something I need to see.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I look at it and just look into the pictures. I see a lot of that in chuckwagon racing. So I, I don't know if I want to really see that on Netflix. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> so, Tiger King, just to... I, honestly, it is so bizarre, it makes you feel good about your life, no matter how bizarre your life can ever be. The guy is... He's That's Joe married, Exotic? Joe Exotic is married to two men, uh, which, which isn't... A, whatever. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but owns
1: over 200 and some tigers who sh- walks around with a gun on his hip who ends up running for presidential candidate who obviously doesn't win who then runs up for governor uh that's just the beginning of it and it just goes on I'm, i got five things on my hand and i'm talking about like five minutes of the show and it is <laughs> the most bizarre show you'll ever watch in your life there's no doubt in my mind that when we look back on COVID 19 10 20 years from now we're going to think of Joe exotic and tiger King cause it is just absolutely bizarre. You guys owe it to yourselves to go watch it. So
2: tiger King makes you feel better about your lot in life when you watch it. Correct. Correct. Well, Walmart does that for me too. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, Fair point. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Well, let's get to let, let's, so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to go through a few topics, have a little bit of fun, have some laughs, laughs like we are. Um, the first one is not a laughing situation. As we know this past week or this weekend, Kobe Cave uh, from North Battleford and Edmonton Oiler passed away abruptly uh, at the age of 25. I just thought, you know, if nothing else uh, for me, the condolences go out to everyone, you know, his family and friends is just everyone like it's that's heartbreaking. Anytime a young hockey uh, hockey player passes away, especially at the NHL level, you always hear about it. But for it to be an oiler is special to this area, but for it to be North Battleford makes it even closer. And for him to be just so young is um, something else. I thought we'd we'd start there, guys. So uh, I know, Bucky, we were kind of chatting about it uh, before Price came on. Maybe we'd start with you.
2: Yeah, it's tough. And and we, you and I talked about this before, too, is uh, hockey can be a very small world. and And, and, and it's amazing that, you know, He's from North Battleford, but yet he has connections to a lot of guys that played minor hockey with him. A few boys in Neilburg, Cody Smith played his minor hockey with him in North Battleford. Uh, Martin Smith's a good friend of mine from North Battleford. Uh, spent a lot of time with Kobe. Kobe also had some connections at a very young age in chuckwagon racing. It was barn help. Um, so he was, he's, it's tough. He's 25 years of age. Uh, I know Monday The Oilers reached out to him on Monday to say that, you know, there's a conference call coming up on Friday. Kobe, we want you to be part of it because come Friday, uh, we'll give you details of exactly what the plan is going forward because when we do go forward as a team, you'll be playing for the Oilers and not going to Bakersfield, which is great news for Colby gets that news on Monday. And then Tuesday he gets rest Shunny Brook and has bleeding in the brain and he dies. And, it, and it's, it's devastating. He's 25 years of age, probably getting now his legitimate shot and of an everyday job in the NHL. And, uh, this happened. So it's, uh, yeah, it's shocking. And it's, you know, it puts life in perspective when we're going through all this, that here's a guy that, you know, had the career ahead of him. And, uh, And nobody knows what happened, but he's no longer with us now.
0: Yeah, I think you know. For me, the 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 biggest thing about Colby Cave was was not what he did on the ice, but when you start doing a little research on Colby Cave, and you know how he was brought up near North Battleford on a cattle ranch, and how he worked his way to be the hockey player that he was, and go undrafted, and then uh, finally make the the Boston Bruins right to get his crack at that. But the things that he did off the ice sound more like someone that was not 25 years old but a lot older than that I mean there's things that you read about where he's reaching out to people that were in need he's uh, reaching out to young kids um, who do he get in the fight with in Bakersfield that he um, that he knocked out and then he texted him the next day right just say hey it's the caveman here from last night and I just want you to know you were in my respect and and I you know I, I, I'm hoping you're okay and things like that so this is a guy that was a good hockey player but uh, uh, from what I could tell a real leader off the ice as well and when something like this happens you, you think to yourself well that, that guy's career was endless that sounds like a guy who could not only be a hockey player but could go on to to be a hockey coach and to lead young men and to teach them exactly what he's gone through and how to reach something when it's not handed to you and uh, how to hold yourself and conduct yourself off the ice and it sounds like that's just from his upbringing
1: yeah yeah absolutely boys it's uh yeah just once again thoughts go out to the family and friends of them i'm just i always just say i'm just a fan right like i just got to watch him from afar and him being from north battleford definitely ties it a little closer to lloyd like north battleford is not that far and like bucky says a couple of guys that i even know i didn't realize uh the smiths are you know that close but you know like that's how close that was and just uh, – that's tough, and, you know, nobody has the words. Um, if if the NHL playoffs and the Edmonton Oilers had gone ahead, can you believe we'd be in the first round right now? I know time just seems to – kind of lose any sense of the day because I, I was, you know, on, on Thursday, I'm going – I'm talking to a couple guys at work, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a long weekend, and you're like, what? I don't even know what a long weekend is anymore. I haven't left the house in how many weeks, right? But it would have been going first round right now. And we would have had some dandy, dandy matchups. Of course, the big one we always like to point to is the Battle of Alberta, which, uh, you know, hasn't uh, happened since 1991, since Mr. Price moved here, since I was five (laughs) years old. Like, I mean – how fun would that have been to start with? Well,
2: especially if you look back to the, the brawl, right, and uh, and how that all went down. It, it would have been interesting to see how the Oilers would have responded, how the Flames would have responded. If, if we would have got that every night of a pot, potentially a seven-game series. Or with the Flames, being the Flame team that we kind of saw a few times that looked below average and the Oilers, you know, outside of their power play, uh, you know, their power play was dynamite when they were five on five. They were average, too. So it would be kind of interesting how that series would unfold. And I, I think it would have been a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, I think that that series maybe would have come down to goaltending. And I like the Oilers' uh, goaltending more than I like uh, Calgary's goaltending. And, of course, you know, I think the offense for, for the Oilers would take over because I really like what they did at the trade deadline as well. Uh, don't forget they lost Mike green and Mike green would be back for the playoffs by the sounds of thing as well. So I, I, I think it all comes down to goaltending. And I think that that would be the series that we would want it to be. I think it would be physical and the first round is always the best anyway, but I think it would be a really physical series. But I, I, I love that you've got up and coming guys too, that uh, like Matthew kachak that are going to throw his weight around. Manji Pawnee's coming on. Right. He was scoring like crazy at the end there for, for Calgary. And then you've got the powerhouses in McDavid and Dry Settle on the other side, but you've also got Neil and you've got, you know, tougher, tougher players on the on the front end for the Oilers as well, like like Kara, who would need to get involved, and I think probably might even be his coming out party in a series like that. But I, I really think that that would be the series you'd want it to be. Like I, I think everybody would be disappointed if they just said, No, we gotta play hockey. No, I, I think there would be times in that series, that it would get ugly.
1: Yeah, well, I, I I harp on here all the time. I think it was what Alberta needed, right? Alberta's in, you know, COVID ain't helping, but oil ain't helping. There's just we haven't been getting a lot of love for probably what the last five years at least, and uh, every Oiler Flames fan has been begging for a battle of Alberta. Just just give us give us one. Just let let's see what happens. There would have been probably fistfights in the streets over, you know, just taunting each other. I mean, I got buddies of mine who text me all the time. I got bets with the one of the drivers at work. Shout out to Dave Davis Groundworks. Uh, on every game they play each other, we throw a 20 spot on it to see who's going to win, right? I was going, like, we're taking the playoffs. We'll put whatever dollar amount you want on that. Like, that's what that rivalry, it's deep. And maybe, you know, you guys would have been uh, – in your younger years, when the last one was going on, what was the old battle of Alberta? Like
2: all the old Timmy Hunter days and Dave Brown and Oh yeah. And slats on the bench. Now that was when hockey was hockey. Uh, that was fun to watch because it was war. Uh, you look back at some of those videos on YouTube now and, and you see the line brawls and when's the last time you've seen a line brawl outside of the Oilers flames this year that you don't see that well, during the Flames and Oilers rivalry back in the day, uh, you saw quite a bit. And it, even warm-ups were interesting back in the day because guys were standing right at center ice and chirping each other. A little bit of stick here, a little stick there. Uh, that was fun. Uh it's kind of funny what you're watching these these rewind games that TSN and Sportsnet do and, and guys skating around with no helmets and no shoulder pads and the goalies look like they're wearing a Sears catalog for for goalie pads. Uh, it, it's, it's fun to watch because it's, it's so different. The, the game is so different than it was even when Gretz was playing and Messier when they had those glory days to where it is now. It's, a, it's such a bigger, faster game now, but there's less ice. You know, you have no, no open ice anymore. You don't have that freewheeling like you used to. And you don't see it get down and dirty like it used to, too.
0: Sean, I used to tape it. I used to tape it on VHS. I taped the playoff games. And, and whenever they played, just so I could go back in between periods even and rewind and watch the fights again, just to see what exactly happened. Because you, you needed to see exactly what happened. And what Sather's saying on the bench, let's read his lips you know and things like that it was every bit as fun as as you think it was and it it was a war and, and it was it was awesome and and guys like and guys were guys were a lot tougher than you thought they were like i think of a guy like joe nuandike who who take a beating in front of the net you know and you'd say how does that guy get back up you know and and he'd get back up and and score it wasn't and then of course in 86 you know when when I don't know. Was McDonald awarded that goal, Buck? I can't remember. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and never once believing that Calgary could actually beat the Oilers. Never once believed. No. That they could actually beat Edmonton. And then I remember I went for a for a, a glass of water in the kitchen. I remember my dad yelling, Lenny well, McDonald just scored. I'm like, how did he just score? The Oilers had the puck. Yeah, from behind the net.
2: Yeah, Steve Smith uh and the other one that I remember is Fleury scoring in overtime and sliding across center ice at Edmonton oh was he hated was he hated at Edmonton
0: it probably still is today and Gretzky's slap shot on Vernon too oh yeah just inside the blue line yeah just a just a rifle of a shot and the perfect angle on it because remember we didn't have as many cameras and things like that back in the day but yeah. Uh, man those those and I watched the um I watched Quebec and uh and Montreal in the uh, eastern massacre just went on YouTube and watched that just to see and it, it kind of reminded me like I started to think to myself what was what was worse the Calgary Edmonton games or, or this one because although there was a lot of fights in the in the Montreal Quebec game you just felt like there was more hatred and I know people say there was pure hatred in that series with Montreal and Quebec too but it just seemed like guys were swinging you know with everything they had with every single punch in the Calgary Edmonton days
1: what is the the best re- now that sportsnet tsn everybody's been uh um bringing out the relics the the old school going way back in the time machine what's been the one that's caught your guys' eye have you been watching any of that and if so what has it been and it doesn't have to be hockey i know they were just playing uh replaying masters this weekend
0: well i've been watching the blue jays uh the 92 and 93 world series games how awesome really, was that it just takes you back like it just like i know sean you're just a kid <laughs> you're just a kid but but for me i remember watching those games and, and not even being that big a baseball fan not ever believing that the blue jays could actually do uh what they've done but not only watching these games, but then going back and watching interviews with these players and remembering Pat Borders and, and remembering all these guys, like they'd step up to the plate and then you go, they they didn't even play John all in this game. How did they not play John all You know, like why would you keep John? Oh, okay. Well, you know, what's the name Morris just hit two home runs. Okay. That's why I tell you, I tell you what, if they,
1: if they replayed the complete run of the blue Jays winning either of those years, I was way too young to remember watching. I probably watched a bunch of it as a kid, but I don't remember verbatim how it goes other than a couple of hits. Right. So if they replayed them, which they were, you know, they're in the middle of replaying, uh, Jay's Phil, um, yeah, Phillies, uh, the other night. And I caught myself watching it. The kids were trying to play. I'm like, no, no, I'm trying to watch a game. I want to see what happens here. Even though I know what's going to happen. I actually don't remember those games. So it's still pretty friggin' intense. It's still pretty cool. And, uh, There's something to be said about going back to, you know, a young uh, Kurt Schilling on the mound throwing down against the Blue Jays of a young Roberto Alomar and uh, that group of guys. Like, total nostalgia for you guys. But for me, a young guy, knowing what happened, but now getting to experience it, instead of in a short 30-second clip, now I get to experience the two-hour game without, you know, they cut out some things, but for the most part, it's unreal.
2: Yeah, like you remember, like for me, watching some of those old Blue Jays World Series, and you remember where you were when you're watching it. And I, I know one Blue Jays World Series, I forget what year it was, but I was covering, the. if you remember, the Canadian Cowboys Association Finals, the CCA Finals were at the rodeo, was at the Civic Center. It was like a four or five day event. And they used to have the old press box at the Civic Center that kind of hung from the rafters. And I have a little black and white TV plugged in and watching it. And uh, Marcel Kershane, Marcel is, you know, Uh, sitting there watching it with me and a few other Cowboys sitting there with a few couple of shots of whiskey, watching the Blue Jays
0: and watching rodeo at the same time. So uh, that's some pretty good memories. I remember going to the rodeo dance after they won the 92 World Series. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I bet that was a fun night.
0: That was, yeah. Yeah. I I would have been like – I don't even – 18, 19 years old, oh, I guess. Geez, yeah. Shut Pri- up. Pri- Shut up already.
1: Price out on the town looking yeah. to bust a move. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I remember seeing Greg Buchanan there actually and going, like just being starstruck, eh? Just like, well, there's the man, there's the myth, there's the legend. You know, someday I'm gonna work beside him and make make real, real good jokes about him and his potato head. <laughs>
2: I swear I get isolated, Pricey. I'm coming after you.
1: <laughs> Do you think the NHL playoffs will go? Do you think there's any way in which they can come back? And to before you hop to an answer, uh it's sounding like, you know, and you listen to Alberta, for instance, um, like they're talking peak cases middle of May and it can get pushed out later than that and even then after you have peak cases are people going to want to go to a building to watch a hockey game because i mean it's it's not like it hits summer and this thing goes away by the sounds of it i'm no medical expert by any stretch of the imagination um is there any possible way that the playoffs come back and if so maybe how would that look
0: well i think the the toughest thing is having an off season because I don't think they're going to come back before July 1st at the earliest. So let's say they did come back July 1st. That is the same amount of time as last year's offseason. That's roughly 110 to 115 days, which was what the offseason was last year when you look at when the playoffs um, ended. However, having said that, I hope we we do get some form of playoffs in, but I don't think it will look like you think it will look, where they have seven-game series. And I know that Bucky and I have talked about North Dakota. There's been some talks about Grand Forks and, and, and an arena where they have two rinks and how you can have games just keep going on and on and on. But my brother said something the other day that I really, really thought, man, that would be fun. It is an NHL um, World Junior-type tournament where you have two divisions, almost like you have right now, with the East and the West. And you have them play off and and advance to the next round, and this this is this team is knocked out, and then you have crossovers and things like that, and maybe to a certain extent where you get to the final four, and that's where you have these seven-game series uh, come into play. Yeah,
2: the, the thing that's going to play a factor, and I hate to say it, but it's going to come down to money too, because when we get through all this, the owners are going to want to make some kind of cash off this, and, and how they make that cash is come playoffs and. And get, you know, sold out arenas and, and get a seven game series, get four home games or, or, four, or three home games through a series. That's not going to happen now. So they're going to have to find a way to make money for the teams, make money for the NHL. And I, going to an isolated arena and having games in North Dakota and nobody watching it, but televising it they're going to probably have pay-per-view to watch it. And I think people will pay it. I just don't know how that's all going to – I think the NHL is going to do everything they can to play somewhat of a regular season and then playoffs because they got to give away – and the thing is, so you give away the Stanley Cup in late September, when do you start the next season? <laughs> you know, what? yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks, see you at training camp. You know, like, do you do that short of an off season? Because it sounds like the NHL does not want to take anything
0: away from next season. Well, I think I they got to keep. I think they got to keep the TV deals going, Buck, yeah. because I've heard people say, "Well, I would pay to watch the playoffs," yeah. and I, I think that you know you already are right. You already have these TV deals in place, and that's where the league is probably going to end up making their money right now. Is, is to have these these playoff series with, with advertisers, basically buying spots along the glass and and in commercials and and that kind of thing. That's the only thing that I can go back to and think of that would prevent them from doing PVRs. is that these TV deals are already in place.
1: Hmm. The world junior thing is interesting. That's an, that's a new one. I've never heard that before. Uh, I agree with you, Bucky. The only way NHL can make money off it at this point would not have any fans there. It's going to have to be pay-per-view, but I don't know about any other hockey fan out there, but I would gladly pay some money to have some live sports on the television.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think everybody is wanting something right now. You, you know what? And NHL's in this, you know, everybody else is the same ballpark as NHL. you got Major League Baseball that is thinking about doing that in Arizona, isolated area, and having all the all the teams playing in those isolated areas in Arizona. NFL is one of the rare ones that says it's not really going to impact them, and we'll have to wait and see for that. The CFL is another one that Regina is supposed to host the Great Cup. And now, what they're talking about is the Great Cup might will still stay in Regina, but it could be two to three weeks later. So all of a sudden, you're going from playing what middle of November in Regina to late November, early December in Regina outdoors.
1: Get your flask <laughs> ready.
2: You're going to yeah. have to war- you're going to have to warm up that pill because you're going to need something warm to drink.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to have it in a in a in a koozie of sorts to try and keep it warm enough so it doesn't turn to instant slush.
0: I don't know if you saw where they said Quebec has banned sporting events until the end of August at the earliest. Yeah. So that leaves the Montreal Alouettes playing, if they even can, um, every game on the road you know, in, in July at the earliest. So,
1: so what is – I saw a video today of a baseball league over – and I assumed it was South Korea, but I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on that. And they were having a baseball game, no fans in the stadium, that kind of thing. What is the first sport to come back in North America?
0: Baseball. I think baseball.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I think baseball. uh, I I think a close second could be NBA. Um, As much as the NBA saying that they're going to cancel everything, I think baseball and NBA might do the similar thing where they'll find an isolated area, have all the teams play there in front of nobody. And I think that's what Major League Baseball and probably the NBA will do.
1: Can you imagine an NBA March Madness? One game, winner move on?
0: That would be awesome. Even I'd watch other teams other than Raptors. Right now, uh, I couldn't see myself watching anything but Raptors. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's one game take all, and I'd definitely watch the last 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. How about uh, best rivalry that you've seen come through Lloyd Minster for a little local sports? I know we were talking about the Battle of Alberta and um, how intense that's uh, been. And, and the older generation always talks about it. My generation desperately wants it. How about from Lloyd's perspective? You guys have been here a long time, been around the sports scene a long time. What has been the best rivalry you've seen come through this city?
0: Well, I haven't been here as long as Baca, obviously, but I think the, one that, the one that I really think about when I think about rivalries in Lloyd Minster is the two high school football teams and how yeah. that's evolved yeah. over the last few years and how, what did they, they used to be, what, were they six man or nine man in the uh, the Raiders? Holy, Holy used to be six men. Six men, they used to play six man. And then when they, you know, moved to the new building in 2001, I think it was, yeah. and they have that, that beautiful field now. And then, Armstrong Field's even nicer than it ever was before they've got lights there and you've got the uh, the new synergy vault I think it's called the vault but yeah, yeah. and it's just evolved so football's come so far in Lloyd Minster and have those those guys that know each other and want that respect to the other team and want bragging rights though for me it's it's the high school football that I think of when I think of rivalries in Lloyd Minster and then that even
2: changed a little bit too, because uh, when they established the midget program for football, it brought all those yeah. players from both schools together to play on one team. They didn't have that before. And when they didn't have that before, they really hated each other. Like there was on the football field, there was a general hate between the Holy Rosary and Lloyd Comp. And now you actually play together a few months down the road after you finish up your football season with your high school team. So now they're actually, there's friendships. So there, there's not much that uh, hate anymore. And I think for me, rivalries here in lloyd I, I ran the border kings for a few years so like adminis when comes to mind um stony plain eagles always come to mind because we always had very good games at stony plain and kind of a funny story we we really didn't like each other a whole lot and one of my good friends that developed out of that uh, that rivalry was craig goalball at stony plain and it was kind of funny meeting him away from the rink and becoming a bit of a friendship with him and i think the other town and in, in this that we don't like too much between me and Pricey. And, you know, what we can say it here because they don't really have internet there and they don't have running plumbing and they don't have electricity there. And they all look like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. That's anybody from Rosetown. So when the Red Wings thought they could have a senior team and, and compete for an Allen Cup, Rosetown came to mind. And, and they came to town and they thought they were all that and then some. And uh, so me and Pricey really do not like people from Rosetown.
0: You know, it's funny you <laughs> say that because I remember the night we started we, – when, when we, you looked at me, we were on the Tuesday Night Sports Show, and you said, what's the one town that, you know, you'd never cheer for no matter what? And, we, and, and I was thinking that you were thinking big league, and all of a sudden out of my mouth came the Rosetown Red Wings. And, you just like, and Bucky almost spit out the, I don't know, I think he was eating cake at the time <laughs> or, something, or something like that. And he's like, I was thinking the same thing. So, yeah. But, Buck, didn't you guys, didn't the Bandits have a a rivalry with Saddle Lake at one time? It was pretty good, too. Yeah. Back in the day, they
2: had a a few good ones. I can remember, this dates me, too. Uh, The Bandits beat Saddle Lake in Saddle Lake. Uh, I'm doing, working TV, doing post-game reaction with the players and the coaching staff on the ice in Saddle Lake. And just won won the championship. They get the trophy and they're skating around the rink at Satellite, Lake and chairs start flying over our heads as we're <laughs> on air. <laughs> My camera guy kind of taps me on the shoulder, I go, geez, what was that? Go that was a chair that hit, missed you by about five inches. Let's go in the
0: hallway. <laughs> I think there was were there some tires that got slashed and stuff Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they
2: used to have a like when you went to Satellite Lake to play there and uh i don't they don't think they had a team last year and i don't think they're gonna have a team down the road but they used to have a compound for the visiting team's bus and you would pull in there and put it into the compound because before that compound (laughs) you would would come out and usually you would have to phone fountain tire in saint paul because uh we got two or three flat tires
0: didn't the ambulance didn't they pay the ambulance to circle the building a couple of times too
2: no, that was a movie there, Pricey.
0: <laughs> Mar- Mar- Maurice, you make me
2: sick.
1: <laughs> How about some local boys? Uh, Bryce Kindup and uh, Brinson Paschnick, both signing uh, entry-level deals to the NHL. Bryce with Anaheim, Brinson with the San Jose Sharks. Um, there's been a lot of talented hockey players that are on the cusp uh, of recent. I know, um, you know, right now, superstars like Braden Holtby. Uh, you know, past guys of, you know, the, the Clark MacArthur, the Wade Redden, the Scott Hartnell, those guys, you know, always in the conversation. But now you got, you know, the Ty Smith, the Kale Clegg, and you got Bryce Kindup signing, Brinson Pashik, not from Lloyd, I know he's from Bonneville, but he did play some minor hockey in Lloyd. Um, and there's other guys out there that have been really starting to make a name for themselves. I know uh, Zane Franklin a boy from around here really had a season in the in the WHL Chase Waters playing over in saskatoon had a season Mm -hmm. for himself i'm sure you guys have a couple more names you're thinking of yeah but uh,
2: yeah like zane franklin's another kid that comes to mind for me i had a sensational career in the whl uh cut short his 20 year old year this year that's right uh, you know just it's just a kid that was a dynamite bantam hockey player developed into a great midget player, and developed into a great whl player and i think more than anything that elite program that got established here in Lloyd minor hockey a number of years ago has produced these players. And on top of that, there's programs for hockey development. Uh, Kyle Tapp is part of one of them that has really done the omens work to get these kids to that next level, because uh, you know what, Uh, if you want to get to that next level, it is 12 month a year kind of job. And it becomes a job for you at a very young age for all these kids to make it a WHL and to go to that next step. So hats off to a lot of those kids that uh, take that time and the effort uh, to get into those programs. And uh, you know what? When you're 16, 17 years old, you you probably don't want to be in a gym. You don't want to be on the ice. You don't want to be there day after day. And the commitment you have to do to do that is is amazing. And so hats off to all those kids that are in the WHL now going NCAA and and going beyond that. So, you know, another kid that comes to mind is Mason Shaw. It's a kid in the Minnesota farm system that, that he's going to be a sensational player down the road too.
0: Yeah. It's not just something in the water. I think what exactly what Buck is talking about is, is right. You know, I read an article the other day about, um, You know, what happened to to Montreal hockey players? There used to be tremendous hockey players coming to Montreal. And now you're looking at the first round pick this year will probably be at a Montreal, but there hasn't been anything major centered around that area in quite a while. So what's going on with junior hockey in the Montreal area? And I think that when you go back to this area, it is exactly the opposite. And it is not just something in the water it is leadership and it is coaching and uh, the right people being in the right place.
1: Switching to a different topic <laughs> UFC Fight Island.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Did you guys well, also watch WWE? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, they did uh, WrestleMania with K, no K, fans.
2: Kay, K, I, I, K, I have yeah. to say something about WWE right now. It, it, it's it, I didn't watch a WrestleMania, but I watched some of the other stuff that's on WWE now. It is so weird seeing these guys come into their entrance and there's no crowd at all, you know, and they're, and they're still delivering their little spiel and, and, and talking like they usually talk as a wrestler. And they're standing in the ring doing that and there's no sound at all. It looks weird
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think I think UFC would be even weirder I really you think? really think that would be yeah I do I think it would be and, and I'm not a big UFC guy like I, I, I you know I watched uh, uh, St. Pierre when, when he was at his peak and, and when he came back for the final fight and that was more of a oh I just happened to be you know in a bar watching it at that At that time, I never seek out UFC, but just from from watching highlights and everything like that, I I just, I think it would be incredibly weird. I, I think baseball in empty stadiums would be more natural than watching UFC with no crowd. And I say that because I've watched Baltimore and Toronto play in Baltimore and saw the orange seats behind everybody. And you think the times when you watch base, is there anybody even there, no. but you still watch it.
2: Yeah. It's like a Florida Panthers home game. Uh, but, but UFC to me, this is my two cents in UFC. I enjoy watching it, but way back in the day, it was a big thing that you would go to a bar or rent it at home and watch UFC mm-hmm. because it was not, every weekend it was once a month maybe once every two months now to the point where ufc is coming out with so many cards that they're flooding the market so much so that you lose track of what ufc number it is and dana white even when this first came out back in march dana white was saying this is not going to impact us we're going to keep on business as usual like He just thinks he's so much above everything that he's going to push and push and push and have his fights still going. It's not going to happen, Dana.
1: You don't think there's a way? Well, actually, first, I think UFC could get away with no fans. I think compared to the WWE, the WWE, when you watch it, if it ain't for the fans, it ain't entertaining, right? Like, I mean, their interaction with the fans pretty much the entire time right? Like that's the whole thing. So when they got nobody there to yell and scream and chant and throw the guy into the stands and whatever else, you can't do that. It's like, this is completely weird. At least with UFC, they're going to have a commentator. They're going to focus on the fight. And at the end, it's going to be weird because it's not only going to be cheering, right? Even so much as baseball. Can you imagine a little buck out there uh, just serenading you in an afternoon game? I could still fall asleep to that on the couch, (laughs) wake up for the ninth inning. That sounds pretty nice to me. But this well, UFC going to, going to a fight island, which I can't seem to find where that is, but to have an island where they're going to have some fights, um, essentially bring fighters over there, test them, make sure they don't have it, let them train there, and then televise it, I, I almost think it could work. So UFC. Was blood sport. It was blood sport. It was That's already right. a movie. Yeah, blood yeah. Sport. It was already a movie. There's
0: but
2: see fight fight island that sounds like a fox reality show
0: <laughs> it sounds like a movie
2: yeah but <laughs> what's that old what's that old saying what has 20 legs and five teeth the first two rolls at a wwe uh, uh fight card
1: <laughs> hey hey
0: i i object to that i had tickets for april 26th in edmonton and i was going to be in that second row so i object to that
1: how disappointed are you pricey
0: uh, my nephew really wanted to go, so I'm pretty disappointed I didn't get to take him because he was so so excited. He's such a big WWE fan, and I can't blame him because I look back on when I was his age and what was I watching? I was watching Stampede Wrestling, oh, yes. I was watching WWE, and I was eating every minute of it up. So I was really looking forward to taking him. And, and to tell you the truth, I couldn't even name a wrestler today, I really couldn't, but it was gonna be the look on his face. When he's getting these guys, they're they're sweating and and it's landing on him. Okay, pricey. What was your favorite Stampede wrestler? Oh, um, Davy Boy Smith, I think. Oh you know, no! Used really? to love Davy Boy Smith and uh, and of course the heart, the heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the, the, the British Bulldog. He was the British Bulldog. No, the you
2: gotta your favorite's got to be the Cuban Assassin. <laughs>
0: I, I I still to this day can't understand why they let him wear pants with side pockets that obviously had wrenches in them into the ring. But, you know, you, I guess you can't you can't search these guys. It would be against their principles. So I, I miss those. You know, I, I watch those on uh, on Twitter all the time. You know, Stampede Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. See, Sean's looking at us like, "What is Stampede Wrestling?" I'm
1: looking at you like you guys are dating yourselves because. Oh. I although I will put my hand up. Uh, back on the farm, we had two channels. On Sunday afternoon, when Mom was taking a nap, Dad was at the helm of the TV, and it was either wrestling, or I can't remember what was on the other channel. Obviously, because we always watch wrestling. But I grew up in the age of The Rock when he was in his heyday, uh. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Mankind, Triple H, The Undertaker. I mean, The Undertaker's still going. Who are we kidding? There's a guy you'd know from now. Undertaker is, like, yeah, the, immortal.
0: <laughs> the Attitude Era was a, was an awesome era, but it, it can't compete with Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, George the Animal Steel, oh, Brutus Beefcake, Craig <laughs> the Hammer Valentine. The Macho Man. Oh, Brutus Beefcake. It was the... it was. It was the golden age of wrestling. But you know, when it first came on, when WWE first came on, I don't know about you, Buck. We were like, hey, what's this crap? You're Stampede Wrestling. <laughs> Where's Ed Wavel? Like?
2: See, see, I grew up in Regina yeah, yeah. and Stampede Wrestling was every Saturday afternoon and I played yep. a lot of minor hockey and we played in all these little towns all over Saskatchewan and you honestly got your schedule for the weekend and you had to see, okay, what time is Stampede Wrestling on? Hope we're not playing then because we're not playing. Everybody's in one hotel room and we're all sitting there watching Stampede Wrestling. We used to go to the auditorium in Regina, the exhibition grounds there, watch it every Wednesday night and we would stop at Seven Eleven on the way home and a van pulls up. With all the wrestlers, all the good guys and the bad guys, all pour out of the the van. Of course, they're in the they're in the the ring, telling everybody it's champagne and and uh, limousines and everything with all the girls in Regina. No, it's a van, and you're stopping at Seven Eleven.
0: Yeah, when Rocky Three came out and Hulk Hogan was in it, we were like, "Who's this guy?" Because <laughs> we were watching Stampede Wrestling.
1: <laughs> well. Let's, see, let's go to something. We could probably be on. We miles well just name the episode Stampede Wrestling. We could have probably talked about it for two hours. Brought yeah, up old, my, old matches. Well,
2: yeah, one 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 of my good friends Pete Lombardius, who comes on the Tuesday night sports show, and Price. He can attest to this. Pete's a huge Stampede Wrestling fan, monster, and he can do every Stampede wrestler. He does a great Stu Hart. Uh, does a great John Foley. Oh yeah, he 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 does great imitations.
1: Does uh, have they been replaying those at all?
0: the the stomper has them on if you follow the stomper on twitter he will uh he'll tweet out some some old video of of stampede wrestling and stuff like that and the best ones are the ones that involve ed whalen and ed whalen getting mad Buck. you know and you you know because they they'd involve ed in their storylines right and and you watch there was one on there he brought this woman into the ring who had a she had a petition to get rid of one of the wrestlers. She was passing it around Calgary. She had all these names on it because people hated these people so much, right? It was, it was awesome. And, and then when WWE came for the first month, we were like, oh, shut that off. Well,
1: know. WWF, let's see, if we're going to go back. It in was the WWF. Day, in the day, yeah, WWF yeah. back in the day, the old WWWE. Yeah. When you talk about what is this, when they switched to WWE, I remember going, what is this? Get yep. out of here with this, yep. WWE. Yep. But it, there's your Twitter or your, your stampede fix. Follow, follow Twitter and you can have access to it. Um, Stomper. Let's, let's talk yes. to CPCA. What, what Bucky is going to go on here? You sit on the board. Yep. What is going to happen with the season? Uh, <sighs> can there even be a season?
2: well I, I think any decision for anything and we talk about this for pro sports that the decision is going to be out of the cpca's hands it's going to be out of chuck wagon racing's hands it's going to come down to the health authorities it's going to come down to the provincial governments so we don't know now and and we're just kind of in a holding pattern and you know we have a, a lot of sponsors that contact the the association a lot of sponsors contact our drivers asking what's going to happen And we can't tell them we can just say, and our drivers are preparing like they're going to race come the, our first stop is supposed to be Prince Albert at the end of may. And we're supposed to go to the Calgary stampede in July. So we're planning to do that.
1: That's gotta be
0: tough. It's very tough. Yeah. Well, it's not only when you can race, but the CPCA to make it effective, Buck. you've, you've got to have the sponsors, right? You've got to have all these sponsors and the economy's been decimated so, so badly. And I hate speculating because you know this better than I do, Buck, but there's a lot of guys who who really rely on this.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, And that's the thing where people don't realize that you have sponsors uh, that sponsor the drivers. And that sponsorship money goes into getting them down the road. It goes into fuel to go down that road. It goes into feed for the horses, not just during the race season, but now when they're training those horses. So all of a sudden you don't have that sponsorship Mm -hmm. money coming in how are you going to feed these horses? How are you going to train these horses? And right now guys are training their horses. Like they will be racing in June because that's what they have to do you, right now through everything that's going on. You have to try to do normal stuff and normal stuff to these guys is training their horses.
1: Yeah. Preparing like they're going to yep. be, be racing. And that's probably the only way they can approach it because yep. you can't just all of a sudden, Nope. Oh, tomorrow we're racing, right? Like yep. it's not a switch. You flick on and off. You got to be nope. in prep prep early. It's just tough because right now, it's looking pretty bleak, but it's looking pretty yeah. bleak for everything. So, yeah. Well, we
0: we talk about these major sports like the NHL and MLB ML, and everything, but the, how much money is, is being lost there and how much money is going on there. But but at the same time, it's not the livelihood that it is with the CPCA, right? And so it makes it even tougher to talk about the CPCA at this time.
2: It is. Um, you know what? And, and the thing is with CPCA, and you guys all know, Chuck Wagon Racing – we have some very loyal, passionate fans, and love them to death. And right now, it's driving the fans crazy, <laughs> almost more than the the drivers and the outriders and everybody else in the sport, because they're if there's no chuckwagon racing, what the heck am I going to do for three months in the summertime? Because a lot of them travel up and down that highway to to watch the races or listen on radio. And now all of a sudden you take that away. And the other big component here then, and I think more than anything, when they decide what's gonna happen, I think everything else will fall into place. And of course, that's the Calgary Stampede. When the Calgary Stampede steps up and says, we're having a show in July, we got approval from the provincial government, federal government, who else we need approval from, then everything else and everybody else will, okay, now let's get back to normal. But social distancing, you gotta think, so it'll still be in effect in July. So if it is still in effect in July, how the heck do you do the Calgary Stampede? Sober. Yeah, Sober, no midway. How do you sit watching, you know, you have 25,000 people sitting there watching Chuck Wagon Racing. Yeah, got to be how many meters apart from each other yeah. in the stands. You have a standing room area. You have luxury suites. You have all those different components that makes up the Calgary Stampede. And and the why people love the Calgary Stampede so much that all of a sudden that's all going to change
0: now wasn't warm weather supposed to kill this virus if we ever get some maybe we'll find out the the other thing that i okay i hate to
2: make a joke about this but if you google this they're saying it can be passed
0: through farts now (laughs) honestly that makes you the most dangerous person on the planet honestly google it You better put it better put a face mask around your house then. You put plastic up on every entrance to that house.
2: Around what what? The house? Your oh okay, house. okay, okay, yeah. okay. I
0: something I thought something else. <laughs> there you go. Bucky, the most dangerous man in the world.
1: Yeah. The most he's got the golden gun. One shot and it kills.
2: <laughs> Trump's gonna hire me. I'm gonna invade Korea.
1: Um, I got two final ones for you. They'll probably, uh, nice and quick here, boys, uh, to end off. Um, since we're all, uh, social distancing, trapped in our houses, um, what has been a hobby you've picked up, if anything? And what have you been doing during your COVID lockdown? <laughs> I kind of lie, but
2: I'm not going to use it though. I was cheesy and watching something, but I better not, so. <laughs>
0: That was what you were doing before the lockdown. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's talking about afterwards. Well, I, I've, been watching, uh, I've been watching a lot of old movies. And, of course, I, I miss country music because I listen to country music every day. So I find myself listening to a lot of, uh, of country music. But also, on you know, we talked about uh, uh, Tiger King on Netflix. But actually, I've been watching World War II in color. And it's really got me interested in, in world war two and specifically Winston Churchill. And so I've been doing a little research on that because I, I just, I, I, I find it amazing. If you guys are looking for a series to watch world war two in color, the documentary series on Netflix, I, I found it just amazing. I have to, there's, there's certain things I have to go back and watch twice because I find it so fascinating. Uh,
2: for myself, I, I rediscovered a couple of things in the basement that I, I, I didn't realize we had uh one was an exercise bike and one was a rowing machine uh, there was hockey jerseys on one hockey cards at another and geez, i didn't realize we had that that's kind of a neat thing so i'm realizing that actually i can exercise
0: have you used the rowing machine yet buck no it's kind of awkward yeah that's because you can't get down to get in it can you yeah exactly <laughs> And if you ever got down, you'd never get back up. No, no, that's just, that's,
2: yeah, no. That's the reason why I don't do yoga. You know, uh, I, I know Alice, just... Alice, my, Alice and my wife wanted me to do yoga and she said, well, can you touch your toes? And I said, the only way I'm touching my toes is if somebody cuts them off and hands them to me.
0: Touch my toes? I can't even see them. <laughs> I can just see you in the basement trying to get in this rowing machine. And then Allison! <laughs> I'm stuck! Allison! Call the boys! I need help getting up. <laughs> Paramedics going. There's no way I'm going in that house. I heard it gets passed by
1: farts. <laughs> if, if you could, a big thing right now is um, I've seen it actually first with uh, Jamie Campbell from Sportsnet uh it said if uh, anyone's missing baseball or the blue jays in particular that he would reach out to any baseball fan and talk to them whatever so if you could get a call tomorrow from any star whether it's sports politician movie star whoever you want who would you have who would you want to phone call
2: Buck, you, you go for- <laughs> oh really me any 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 like it could be anybody
1: right? anybody
2: yeah, person has to be alive, of course.
1: Yeah, sure. We'll go with it has okay. to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> that that would make sense. Yep.
2: Um, you know what? Through through all this, and I was never a fan of his, really, and, and but I've gained a lot of respect for him for what he has done for for charities in Canada. And I'm going to get serious here for a second. Is Ryan Reynolds, and and I, and I so much respect for the young fella. Uh, a Canadian guy that has stepped up and has helped organizations in Toronto. He's helped organizations in Edmonton. And, and you know what? Hats off to him. I'm not a big fan of celebrities getting involved and, and giving their two cents through a lot of different things in our life, but he's doing something and doing something very positive. So probably if I got a, a phone call from him and and if, yeah, I probably I'll probably accept it.
0: I think that's an awesome question, Sean. I, I don't know if you guys saw um, – uh, what's his name? The PA announcer from Montreal, Michael uh, Lacroix, I think is his name. But a Boston Bruin fan reached out to him and said, could you, could you call my name like I just scored a goal as a Boston Bruin at the Bell Centre in Montreal? And instead, he sent him back a video of him getting a penalty for two minutes for being on the wrong team basically, and I thought that was that was classic. That's but, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think that would be pretty neat if I could hear him say, you know, Kurt Price, two minutes, uh, five minutes for fighting or something like that, and a game of misconduct or something like that, that'd be cool. And if it was, uh, you know, any, any anybody at all, I would definitely pick Wayne Gretzky because I admire the man so much.
2: Yep. You know Sorry. what, it's just on that topic, you know, one thing I like to pass out to people that are listening and viewing us tonight is um, you know what, we're all stuck at home and, and, and we're find, trying to find things to do in our in our day. There is a couple of apps on, on chat forms on Facebook, in Lloydminster for volunteers. If you want to step up and, you know, maybe get groceries for a senior on a given day. Uh, I, I'm on the United Way board of directors, and and, and we're doing a few things at senior homes uh, this coming week. Uh, you know, today at the Lloyd X, we do, we had that curbside assistance for uh, Easter meals today too. So you know what? There's a lot of organizations that, that that need help at this time. So if you if you're bored, don't be bored.
0: Help somebody out.
1: I think it's really it, good, Bucky. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other
0: thing that's important here is, and we talked about what, the, what this is going to look like in a couple of months and how this is going to change, and I think one of the ways that it has already changed people is people to realize that they need to support local businesses. You know, I, I think of a guy like Dave Schneider who has supported so everything many yeah. events. You know, you, you can't go to an event and there's an auction going on and there's not a jacket or a shirt or something that dave schneider has donated or he sponsored a hockey team or done something with hockey groups here in Lloyd mister or he sat on a board or something like that because i know he was with the with the bandits for a while yeah, yeah, he uh, was. but that that's a local business that that is not open right now but is trying to make their way in doing uh sales curbside pickups like you say bucky and i think supporting those local businesses right now if you can is huge. And I know there's been a few people out there going out and buying gift certificates and and things like that to even give away or or just have for when things do get better again, that supporting these local businesses, I think that from all of this, what stands out to me is just how important that really, really is.
1: Yeah, boys, I I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think we'll leave it there. I really appreciate you guys hopping on and And talking a little sports, having a little bit of fun with me tonight. Um, I'm sure everybody will be chuckling a little bit. There's a a few funny parts in the middle of there for sure. Some good messages as well. But thanks again, guys, for hopping on tonight.
0: Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for having us.
1: Hey, folks, thanks again for joining us today. If you just stumble on the show and like what you hear, please click subscribe. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, a new guest will be sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you find your podcast fix. Until next time.